Are you cyber confident? Do you know what your digital footprint is? Do you understand the reasons you're a cyber target? In this podcast series, you'll learn what it means to be cyber confident both at work and at home. Because when it comes to cyber security, the front line is you. I'm Josella Waldron, and in this episode, you'll hear from John, who's a cyber consultant at the National Cyber Security Centre, or NCSC. Due to the nature of John's work, we've changed his name and disguised his voice. First of all, I asked him to explain what a digital footprint is. Sure. So a digital footprint is the data that's left behind whenever you use a digital service. So whether you access the internet using a mobile phone, a laptop or a tablet, every time that you go online, you are leaving a trail of information behind you. Digital footprints are created in two ways, actively and passively. First, I'll talk about actively. So this is when you go online and do something to add to your own digital footprint, such as posting on social media, sending an email, doing online shopping, or even playing an online game. The second way is passively. And this is where it gets more interesting. Other people can add to your digital footprint for you. For example, when they tag you in a social media post online, when somebody mentions you in an online forum, or recommends your business. But it doesn't stop there. Let's say that you wanted to apply for planning permission to build an extension on your home. This also gets published online and also adds to your digital footprint. When you register to vote, you get added to an electoral roll, and this information also gets published online. These things you don't have a say in, they just get published for you. It's important to understand your own digital footprint, and you should regularly search yourself online and see what you're able to find. The key message here is that any touch leaves a trace. But what if I just delete that information, for example, a tweet? <laughs> this is a classic question. Well, if I just delete it, then nobody will be able to see it anymore, right? Wrong. Once something's posted online, it can be there forever. And what happens with this information may be out of your control. So we've all probably seen a celebrity be embarrassed by a screenshot of a now deleted tweet, and that can happen to anyone. People and organizations, including criminals, take time to scrape the contents of the web and keep archives of what they can find. Obviously, I'm not saying that all of these people are holding on to this data, waiting to embarrass somebody with something that they posted online five years ago. They all have the, their own reasons behind archiving data. Sometimes these archives are publicly available. An example of this is a tool called the Wayback Machine. You can use this tool to look back on the historic versions of web pages, such as the homepage of the BBC from the 90s. Wow, I didn't know that. So social media, what are the risks? It's worth exercising some caution when using social media. Not everyone using social media is necessarily who they say they are. Take a moment to check if you know the person and if the friend link or follow is genuine and ask yourself whether you really need to have to accept that friend's request or click that link. Your digital footprint may be of interest to those with malicious intentions. Criminals can use publicly available information to steal your identity or use it to make phishing messages more convincing. Some top tips of advice, you should think about what you're posting online and who has access to it. Have you configured your privacy options so that it's only accessible to the people that you want to see it? Consider what your followers and friends need to know and what detail is unnecessary but could be useful for criminals or those with malicious intentions. 
and have an idea about what your friends, colleagues and other contacts are saying about you online. With that in mind, what's the main thing we should remember to keep safe online? I think a key message here is just to be mindful about what you're posting online. When you post something on the internet, you're potentially posting it for the whole world to see, not just your friends list. And people tend to forget that. A real world example of this is when people are posting on social media that they're going away on holiday and uploading posts of themselves on the beach. This is like a beacon to local criminals that your house is likely to be unoccupied. You wouldn't leave a notice on the front door of your house saying, look, I'm away on holiday and the house is empty. So why would you post something online that has a similar effect? What major consequences are there if we're not careful with what information we put out on the internet? Well, I kind of touched on this in my previous answers. You've got criminals who could be putting in time and effort to gather data to support their campaigns. Do not make it easy for them. And you've also got to bear in mind like things where people in the public eye, such as celebrities or sports stars, have come under fire for things that they've posted online and been embarrassed by a screenshot of an old tweet, for example. Quite often, these things are posts that they posted online in the past, perhaps even before they were famous and in the public eye, and then they've come back to haunt them. I don't want to touch on any specific cases or call anybody out, but there have been a number of cases over the years. Who knows, if you're a teenager posting things without thinking online, what's saying that you won't be in a similar position in the future? So be mindful about what you're posting online. Another thing that I'll say is that I think it's fairly common nowadays for employers to search online and have a look what they can find about interview candidates to understand the kind of things that they're posting online and what kind of image that portrays. How much can a stranger find out about me from what I post online? The honest answer here is that it depends. There are so many variables that could affect how much someone is able to find online about you. For example, how secure your social media pages are. If you have a professional profile online on sites such as LinkedIn, there are too many factors to give an accurate answer. However, like I mentioned earlier, a good thing to do here is to search yourself online. I'd recommend that everyone goes away and does this. Imagine that you're a criminal looking at yourself as a potential target and see what you're able to find. Use a variety of search engines, maybe try something a little bit different like reverse image search or look up your electoral role information. You should do regular reviews of your digital footprint and see if the information that you're able to find has changed. I should highlight that if you're going to go away and try this and search yourself online, make sure you're using a secure device and a trusted network such as your home Wi-Fi and only enter personal details into trusted websites. But surely there isn't that much personal information online that people can use. For example, a user might only have a few little bits and pieces about them on Facebook. Yeah, you might argue from Facebook that they can only see somebody's name and the date of birth. But these details are known as essential elements of friendly information and are critical aspects of a person's personal information. If somebody used a variety of sources, so multiple social media accounts, then they might be able to aggregate this data and aggregate these essential elements. And this could give away a lot more sensitive information about an individual. As a parent, it makes me worry about my children. How can I keep my children safe online? Having a calm and open conversation about the internet is one way for you and your child to explore what they're doing online. Having these conversations regularly and building foundations can create a situation where your child is more likely to come and talk to you should they have concerns about something that they've experienced online. There's a fine line to tread between understanding what they're doing online and invading their privacy, but it's good to understand what they're using their devices for and the kind of apps that they're using regularly. 
Are there any resources that parents can look into? Yes, here I'd like to highlight the Think You Know guidance, which has been produced by the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Centre, which is part of the National Crime Agency. I'd recommend that people go online and type Think You Know into their favourite search engine and have a read through the guidance. There's some really useful advice and guidance for children as young as four right the way through to adults. If you're a parent or guardian, you can see tips and advice on how to keep your children safe online. You could also encourage your children themselves to go online and read through the Think You Know guidance that is relevant for their age group. With regards to apps, are companies gathering users' personal data through apps? When people install apps on their smartphone or devices, they don't tend to look at what permissions the app is asking for and just hit the agree button without really thinking about it. Quite often these apps are collecting the user's data and sometimes they're accessing data that they don't necessarily need, such as a user's contact list or camera roll. Companies track how you use their products. They then build a profile based on your usage and use that information to match you to products and services that you will likely enjoy. This data is expensive and companies often sell this data with the likes of Google and Facebook making hundreds of millions of pounds every year from users' data. I'm not going to tar all applications with the same brush, but there's a reason why a lot of applications can be installed for free to users' devices and capturing a user's data is one of them. So what kind of hackers are out there and who should we be worried about? Well, there are multiple groups of threat actors in a general sense. You've got nation states, terrorists, criminals, hacktivists, and what's known as script kiddies. I'm not going to go into detail about all of these today because I'll be there forever. Potentially, all of them could have an interest in your digital footprint, but that depends who you are and what you do. For the majority of the general public, the most likely threat actor to be targeting them is criminals. Around 80% of all cyber attacks are driven by organised crime rings, with the main motivator being money. However, another example we have also seen is terrorist organisations using digital footprints to highlight potential targets, such as people who have military links from their online profiles. So how do I keep myself, my family and my friends safe? I'm going to answer this with some key takeaway messages. Take a look at the government cyber aware website, which can be found at www.ncsc.gov.uk forward slash cyber aware. This details six ways to improve your online security, such as using a strong and separate password for your email, because that's usually the recovery method for your other accounts. Creating strong passwords using free random words. Saving your passwords in your web browser. Turn on two-factor authentication. Again, particularly, I would encourage people to do this with your email being the recovery method for other accounts. Update your devices, that's operating systems and applications regularly. And remember to review your privacy settings after you've updated them. And finally, back up your data. I would also say that think twice about what you share openly online and talk about online safety with your friends and family. Again, I'd like to signpost some really useful guidance on the topics that we've discussed today. The Think You Know campaign by the National Crime Agency, using social media safely by the NCSC, and finally, the Cyberware campaign by the NCSC. Search for those on your favourite search engine and you should be able to find them easily enough. Thank you. That was John from the National Cyber Security Centre. Look out for more episodes in this series. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can find out more by emailing the team at cyberconfident at mod.gov.uk.